0: In our previous episode, Julie opened up about her childhood memories and what it took to write a New York Times bestselling book. In this episode, we explore what it really feels like to achieve publication success, the reality about making it as a writer, how to follow your passion, and what is next for Julie. Since it has so many legs and it did grow and it, it's shared all over the world, have you had that one girl come to you? I'm sure it's more than one girl now. And what does that like to know that you had this singular mission and you did your work?
1: You know, it's, it's really interesting. It's amazing and it's wonderful. And I'm like, girls, you know, these women that I see these, they're girls, they're in their early twenties. Some of them are late teens, but they're young. And most of them, some of them are my age, but I'm like, just hang on, hang in there. It's, you know, I, I, I I get messages from them and it's beautiful. But the thing that's fascinating to me is that it's not what I thought it was gonna be. It's not that I was gonna be like, oh my God, I reached all these people and I, you know, now I feel good. It it's actually not like that at all. It's more. I love getting messages from readers. I really do, but it's not what I live for. And it's not, I don't know. I don't know how to say it without it. It's not my, it's not the point for me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I really, really appreciate it, but I also just feel like kind of my job was to try to share this one little aspect of, of a life and, I think when I was writing it, I thought it's going to be so great to get all these accolades or maybe to find this one girl who wants, you know, to write to me and say, I changed her life. And I mean, that kind of wasn't the point, Mm -mm. you know what I mean?
0: Just reaching Um, somebody maybe, right? Or giving them an inspiration. It is beautiful.
1: It's beautiful to reach somebody. It really is. But it's not as, it's not what I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to feel like, oh, now I've made it. no. (laughs) (laughs) i love hearing from people i mean i just wrote another i just wrote a woman on instagram this morning who sent me a message and i just was you know i'm i say i just try to thank them for reaching out and and say you're amazing and your dog's amazing or your cat or horse or bird or whatever it is that you find solace in But I I think maybe I'm a little bit more of a behind-the-scenes person. Like, I think I would be a terrible rock star. (laughs) I would hate it. I would hate to be famous.
0: (laughs) I I don't know. The older I get, I don't think they're liking being famous either.
1: (laughs) I would hate it. It, right? I think they really
0: struggle to, with it.
1: <laughs> I was thinking that they probably love COVID because they can put on sunglasses and a mask and walk around and nobody thinks that they're trying to disguise themselves. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's the thing that it's, it's the rub, right? You still, even though this happened to you and it's wonderful, you still get mm-hmm. up the same way every day. You still put mm-hmm. your feet on the ground the same way. It's, um, yeah. yeah. I think the thing that I've learned from you and getting to know you is that you really are about just doing your best work
1: yeah no yeah. matter
0: how long that's that where the takes. satisfaction
1: is. It might be that i fi- I find out that is true for me because I do find writing so hard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: not once I sit down and if i'm in a if I have a good day, it's the best thing ever, but that's almost like I feel like it ne- almost never happens <laughs> to <It's laughs> like, when am I gonna have another good writing day? You know, our the class that we've did yeah. together and you know the that I still teach is is a great way for me just to remember to let go a little bit. But you know, mm-hmm. the the most satisfying thing for me is is getting to what's true and putting it on the page in a way that's clear. And it's so hard. Why does that have to be the thing that I that I value. is so, you know, you know I, it's I, so hard.
0: It is so hard. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here is one, of course, because you've got this beautiful family story and you, you did great work and you have this successful book, but it's that this is hard work
1: to mm-hmm. get
0: something like this. Incredible. Incredibly
1: hard work. I would say it's like watching gymnasts who like fly through the air <laughs> and they make it look easy. You don't see that there's 15 years of practicing for them to make it look like they're just floating yep. or basketball players or you know it's that 10,000 hours idea right it's just yeah. it just takes so much time and hard work yeah. and then you may and then you write a book there's some, <laughs> so many people have been like oh my god yeah I read your book in one day it was so such a breeze and I'm like uh-huh. <laughs> that's great <laughs> like that's because I edited really well you know <laughs> That's because
0: I wrote two books before then I wrote this yeah. book and I deleted 30,000 pages. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <laughs> or 30, I mean I have words, sorry. <laughs> I have files and files of deleted scenes that I just or rewritten and read you know take this out and yeah. I keep them because sometimes I actually do end up bringing them back but it's true there's so much that goes in the garbage compared to what goes on the page. And as a yeah. teacher so for someone
0: who's listening and everybody has a story to tell and lots of people want to tell their stories whether it's on a, in a blog or a book, what's some of the advice that you would give people on writing freely?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, your story is important. Everybody's like, well, I don't have much of a life story. And meanwhile, you know, they've survived some crazy things and lived through some amazing times and everybody's story is interesting. Mm -hmm. And then I think, the way to write freely is to try to get the stupid monkey out of your head. Who's like, this is stupid. Nobody's going to like this. Or why'd you say that? And just, and that's why, you know, in the writing practice that I learned from my teacher, Lori Wagner, I, you know, you learn to keep the pen moving and literally use a pen. That's what I do in my classes so that When you're writing longhand, you can't just get mad and hit the button and hold it down, you know, or rework what you're doing because you just kind of have to slow everything down and try to get, get, let the process of writing sort of something mundane, you know, some prompt that maybe, you know, like this morning, the last prompt we used was one more thing, one more thing, and just, you know, one more thing. Tomorrow I'm going to, you know, tomorrow's my birthday and I keep forgetting. And, you know, that kind of writing where you're like, this is probably crap actually is where the value is and where the gold is because you're just letting go enough to let what's really there rise to the top. Because so often ego just wants to edit and curate and make it all the way that we think it's supposed to be. When in fact, that's actually totally boring to a reader what they really want is the juice. They want the real stuff, the stuff where they're like, oh my gosh, that's, that's me. But I've never been able to put it in words or I've never been able to say it that way. Or, or yes, I relate to that feeling. And wow, that's so interesting. Or you can't get there if you're constantly editing yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is not something that I have conquered at all. (laughs) (laughs) At all. Right. Still. And I will for my whole life. And I, I mean, maybe I won't, that'd be amazing if I could figure out a way, of, a way around it, but I'm constantly, as I'm writing, just going, that's why, you know, it's taking me so long with my next book is just, I just keep getting bogged down in that thing that I have told countless people, this is how you get around it. Go working on it.
0: That's because it's your life's work, right? It's yeah, your purpose. Exactly. And yeah. yeah. You,
1: can you share what you're working on right now? A little bit sure sure so it's uh, another memoir but it's very different it's kind of about this ongoing since i was a little girl communication and connection i had i've had with the natural world where when i was a little girl i heard from trees i would talk to a particular tree in my yard who told me her name was alice this is probably why everybody in my family was like okay you're a little odd Right, um, but I really, truly, she was my grandmother. She watched over me. I watched over her, and and it was this magical connection that I very deeply felt, and then learned was not acceptable. So I turned my attention more towards animals. But you know, just very sensitive, aware of the natural world and my environment. Um, And as I've gotten older, especially after Bunker died and especially after trying to write his story and return to this place where I found all this solace, I have reignited that communication and it's really bizarre and really amazing. And I did a bunch of ancestry work and discovered that if you go way back far enough, I'm fairly certain that my people come from Scotland and they're the Celts. And the Celtic priests are druids and the druids are also known as the tree talkers and they divine wisdom from the trees. And so when I find this out, I'm like, makes sense. <laughs> right. It's in so me. it's, it's, it's somehow in my DNA and yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I ask, I go hiking with my dogs and I ask for things and I receive them and then I An incredible back and forth communication. And so to be experiencing what we're experiencing right now, like Mm -hmm. uh, September 9th, the the day, I will never forget the orange day where the the day didn't come up, you know, it's, I, I have to write this. I have to, it's, and I don't know if it'll do anything, but I have to write that, you know, for me, this is like a mother Mm -hmm. that we're disrespecting. I agree. You know? I yes. So it's it's very it's very spiritual and it's um hard to write because I come from a Midwestern Presbyterian <laughs> four-person family. Yeah, <laughs> with a station wagon. <laughs> with a station wagon and my mor-
0: mom wore white pants and she went yes. and in for hours. Yes. But it's so needed, especially you know, living in the Bay Area, both of us. It's just hard to wake up some of these days and know what is happening to our environment yeah. and our trees. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And the fact that Orange Day, when it was all up and down the coast,
1: yeah, yeah. I
0: think I think everybody was feeling like this is this is our bottom.
1: Well, and I also think it's what's interesting is that people in the rest of the country. We are, you know, we're in the climate, we're the beginning of climate catastrophe. We're feeling it right here. Like we are the canary in the coal mine. Yep. And my family in Ohio does not feel that they haven't, I mean, they've had like a little bit more rain than usual, but they, they're not feeling it the way that we are or yep. the way probably that the South and the Southeast is with their flooding. And for me also just to try to honor that connection I had with, 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 nature when I was little that was so healing for me Mm -hmm. that I then turned against and turned away from when I thought that it wasn't okay um and so it's sort of another way of reclaiming this this kid this kid who was so lost you know
0: I love it it's beautiful Mm -hmm. right on my friend so Mm -hmm. important you write important important books my dear I'm excited for this next one Can we talk about one more thing as writing as a sponsored lifestyle? A lot of people, you know, when I share this conversation with the world, I have lots of friends that come to me. I want to write this. I want to write that. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's an important point that we talked about before that this is a different type of pursuit. Need someone supporting you beyond the team of the agent and the editors and all The teachers and everything.
1: And it's sad. It didn't used to be this way. It used to be that you could make a living as a writer. You know, when we were kids, you could make a living. It wasn't a great living, but you could make a living as a writer. And that's not true anymore. And that seems to be true in a lot of fields. But I do think in the arts, the fact that it takes so long and it takes so much brain power and resources, there's no way that I would have written Dog Medicine if in, I guess it was 2002 if my husband hadn't said, you want to be a writer, do it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I can't, I need to make money. I need to, I need to, you know, I need, I can't go back to school. We have to pay the mortgage and da da da." And he said, if we live lean, we can do it. And I got, I got us. It'll be fine. And I was so just like, is he joking? Is this possible? Can I, this feels irresponsible, you know, feels irresponsible to leave my, tech job that was making me really good money and to go and you know write a book and everyone's always like yeah sure you're writing a book you know all this stuff I could not have done any of it without someone literally supporting me emotionally and and partner wise but financially there's no possible way and um I couldn't do it now without his support and without, you know, the financial safety net that we have yeah. just through good luck and whatever, and his, his job. So I talked to kids in undergrad or high school or college kids who were like, I want to be a writer like you. And I, I, I have to just say like, okay, you, you got to do something else too. Yeah. you got to, get a PhD in creative writing, can't just be an MFA anymore. Usually if you want to get a tenure track position as a teacher, and then you're going to be teaching 85% of the time. And if you have enough energy left and you don't have kids and whatever, then maybe you can write 15% of the time. Um, But it's a grueling lifestyle for very little monetary. And sometimes, sometimes you hit the lottery, like Cheryl Strayed, you know, who put her heart and soul into the wild and she and her husband lived off of credit cards. And when she went on Oprah, she didn't have a shirt. So she went to Salvation Army in in, in, uh, Santa Barbara and got a shirt that she thought would look okay on camera. You know, she had leveraged everything because if you love your art that much, then there's no stopping you and and do do your best, but there's no guarantee you're going to hit the lotto like that. By all measures, some people who are more successful than I I am would say no, but like I was very, my book was very successful Mm -hmm. and there's no way that I could live off of what I made from that book. Mm -hmm. No way. It's just an important thing to, to recognize and that I'm a writer because my husband is my sponsor. Yeah. You know, he's my sponsor for my writing life and I teach and I make a, you know, little bit from that, but I don't do that for the money. I do that because it helps me to engage and have a community it's something that needs to be said.
0: It's an important thing to say too. Yeah. Cause I, you know, having come from technology and I just had this, I think it becomes a purpose. You have to do it. It becomes, I have to do this and the the have to can't be attached to any monetary, a monetary outcome. It has to be because you had to tell the story, right. Or you you had to share your your, um, life story with bunker and all of that. It has to be purposeful.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I think sometimes when you have that kind of drive um, you can get over the fact that you aren't making any money, but if you're really suffering and, and you know, your life is becoming difficult because of lack of money, if, if you lose your motivation, I would imagine. Yeah. There's no, there's no way um, or you write stuff just to sell and then you start to feel like a sellout and you know, it's, it's a real challenge. I mean, I I, I, would not be able to do this without my husband's support. Yeah. Well, good
0: for Greg. It's funny. I've written, you know, my first stab at my manuscript and mm-hmm. I remember my husband read it and he goes, well, there's not a lot of me in there. <laughs> was Greg happy with the, your love story shared in that way or was that um, something easy for him?
1: Mm, that- it's so funny. Cause he, he does. He's super uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is that, you know, I asked everybody, what do you want your name to be? Cause I was, mm. you know, I changed all the names, um, except for bunkers and mine. And Greg was the only one who was like, I don't want you to change my name because I'm proud of how I acted. And I was like, well said, yes. So his name, he stayed the same, but you know, there was, there were some, you know, movie people sniffing around the book for a while. And he was like, I don't know if I'm okay with that. Um, oh. I don't think he, I don't think he really wanted that, but you know, if it, if it were to happen still, I think he could get used to the idea, but it, he's just a super humble kind of like wants to stand to the radar kind of guy. Yeah. Um, so, and, and truly like a lot of times people are like, I don't really need the recognition, but bring it on, you know, but he truly <laughs> like, it actually makes him uncomfortable. He's just like, yeah, whatever, let's change the subject. Um, so he. He doesn't love that he was written about, but I think also he was like, go forth,
0: you know? Yeah, it's a beautiful portrayal, a beautiful and real portrayal of of a relationship, I do. I think you just did such a nice, beautiful job with that, of course. So we'll wrap up
1: here. Any advice for aspiring writers? Yeah, I would say if you feel that drive to write this, even no matter what it is, do it little by little by little mm-hmm. and it will start to come together and also one of the most beautiful things i think in my writing practice has just been this this pursuit of truth with a capital t mm-hmm. meaning like what was really true for me what it, what was my experience here and trying to crystallize that is a fascinating process and beautiful and difficult. And, um, you know, I think also if you do want to write a memoir, one of the other important things that I learned is that the only person who really, who you can really pick on or make look bad is yourself. Right. You know, if, if somebody else is struggling, like I had to say about my brother, he was a child his behavior was not okay, but he was a hurting kid. And I had to, I had to get to the point where I could look at him as a whole character, not just as, you know, the antagonist of my story, Mm -hmm. which, you know, really he wasn't, it was all these other factors, but, you know, look at everybody wholly and that can be such a healing thing as well. If you have a, um, a parent who left, what was going on for them, mm-hmm. right? What And what's their story? What's their history? What's their experience? You know, and try to understand. And that's where you can have those moments where you're like, wow, it really wasn't about me. It wasn't because I was messed up or, you know, that I, I had problems. I would say, keep writing. I would say, find people who you can share your work with who are also trying to write in some way, shape or form and share it with them and ask for their feedback as long as you know that they're going to be encouraging and kind. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going.
0: Keep going Julie. Yeah. You too. Yeah. We can't wait Thank for you. book two. Thanks
1: for Thanks. coming on
0: today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you so me. much. Fun. Was so much fun. There is a saying that when the student is ready, the teacher will come. Julie is that person to me. I met her two years into writing my first book, and I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for her. She is not only a successful writer, she is an incredible teacher. For many of us, we have something that calls us. Whether it is a business or something artistic, Julie's advice to find a community that supports you and encourages you to keep going is essential. Please order your copy of Dog Medicine and enjoy the beauty that is Julie's truth. You can find more about Julie and her teaching on her website, byjuliebarton.com. Until next time, stay curious and be well.